from newstalkzb.co.nz. It's the Mike Hosking Breakfast with BNZ. G'day there and welcome to the rewrap for Monday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB and this morning, uh, probably the last poll for the year, I think, um, bullying. How to define it. Uh, the Waimea Dam is going ahead. The Hosk is happy. Uh, not so happy about the Nelson Santa. Uh, so we're going to implement some minimum centre requirements shortly. But before any of that, uh, the people who were evicted for doing meth are getting paid. And based on those rules is what Housing New Zealand were operating under. And the very simple premise that if you're going to rent a house, there are certain rules around renting that house. And one of them is you don't do drugs inside that house. And if we catch you doing drugs inside that house, uh, you're gone. Those are the rules of engagement. And so what this government has come along, and I think you could hear it in his voice, you could hear it in Twyford's voice, in, the pre, in, in reference to the previous government, he is making a political point. He wants to stick it to the previous government, and he's using our money to do it fundamentally, and it's going to cost somewhere between 4 and $5 million, which would appear to be a tremendous amount of money. No, no, no Mike, he's, he's using Housing New Zealand's money. It's not ours. No, t- <laughs> he was quite clear about that at the Did end. He said, don't worry, it's said, all just coming out of Housing New Zealand's. Don't worry about it. That's a completely separate fund that's got nothing to do with the taxpayer. The, do you notice that no one who was a dealer... And no one who was a manufacturer is getting any compensation, he said. And I said, well, what about dabbling in them? What about, you know, a bit of the smoking? Oh, well, <clears throat> that's a bit different. So you can get away with smoking the pee in the state house. So first of all, you've got your state house subsidised by the taxpayer. Then you smoke a bit of pee, and then they'll write you a cheque for $8,000. That's how it goes in this country at the moment. That's I mean, presumably the money that they're using to buy the drugs... <laughs> <laughs> they've they've gone out and earned that earned that themselves. themselves this is how, how that, do I get not on the this bandwagon of, of a benefit or anything? What's like that. happened to us? I don't have a state house. I'm not on the P. No one's writing me eight thousand dollar checks. Where have I gone wrong? Yeah, I'm a I'm a bit like my. I just don't know how to work the system. Some people know how to work the system, and I guess if you have those skills, maybe you should get paid for them. Is that how it works? Not sure. Anyway, uh, do, do things like this uh, affect the polls? Sometimes I think they probably do. Under the numbers, Labour would still get across the line in terms of seats with the Greens, uh, but it's a very close-run thing, and National are back in that position of being on the verge of government. You add ACT and they're about a seat short. And so the big question, of course, is uh, do they do anything about Simon Bridges? Do they worry about Simon Bridges? Here's the question they will eventually come up and ask. Yes, and Simon Bridges will argue this himself. Don't look at my number, look at the party's number. And at 46%, you've got nothing to worry about. Well, that's yes and no. Uh, yes, you do, because you're still not in government. And a, no, a number of national MPs are going to be going, well, if we can get 46% with a 7% leader, what could we get with a 10 or a 12 or a 15 or a 20% leader? Could we get 47 or 48 to tip us over into government? That's a question the Nats are going to start asking the closer we get to the election. But the problem for Labour is this, and they need to, to, to sit down quietly and give themselves an uppercut on this. Why have they slipped? Why have they gone backwards? Well, the economy is going well for them, so it's not that. What would it be? It would be their own inability to govern themselves. Shrewbrick? And Kiwi Build and the like and the ilk are the things that have done them in. Think about what we've been talking about for the last couple of months over the period of this poll. We've been talking about Shrewbrick, 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 Shrewbrick and Shrewbrick. And that wears people down and they look to a government and they go, well, these guys don't know what they're doing. And suddenly they lose three and they're on 43. And that's the sort of thing that can undo a government. And given those numbers going into Christmas, I would be 
worried. Nothing worse than uh, being worried going into Christmas. I hope they've um, figured out what they're giving their spouses for a present. That should take some of the stress away. Um, now, uh, well, let's just keep it uh, talking about the government at the moment uh, because, of course, uh, the Speaker has launched an anti-bullying investigation. Uh, it's turned out some interesting results so far. Over the weekend, our first two alleged culprits are women. Now, many might ask, why wouldn't they be? And that, of course, is a very good question. I mean, bullying for most of us is not a gender issue, but for some, perhaps too many, it is. And what they would have been expecting is a collection, of course, of old, white, balding males to be outed as the misogynist that they so clearly are or have been perceived to be. But no, it's Maggie Barry, MP, and Diane Maxwell, Retirement Commissioner. Now, I know both women, not well, but for the record, I can happily report they've never bullied me or indeed shown any signs of it. And from what I have been able to ascertain so far with actual evidence, the term bully as it was always going to be, is open to an extraordinary amount of interpretation. And in that lies the modern dilemma with our fixation of virtue signalling. Me Too was, of course, a serious attempt to out uh, sex pests and criminals, and we did that to a degree early on, but like so many of these things, the nutters and obsessives take over the operation, and before you know it, looking the wrong way makes you a perv who needs locking up. And so it will be with our current fascination with bullying. I mean, what is bullying and who decides? Your bullying is not my bullying. And I can hear it already. The hand-ringers will be crying, if you feel bullied, you are. Well, can we, before we lose all sense of normality, at least suggest it depends on what the circumstances are. In a highly competitive work environment, for example, say the Retirement Commissioner's office or an MP's office, results are expected and demanded. You might be working through a restructure in which dead weight is being rooted out to improve productivity. Now, are those people open to feeling vulnerable or perhaps feel like they've been bullied? Is a useless person in the office more likely to cry foul over a dismissal or an objective review of their work that lacks the required professionalism or skills? Well, of course they are. So were they bullied or were they simply not good enough? And who decides? And like me too, you can see where this is going, sadly. A national finger-pointing exercise where the mud sticks, accusations fly like confetti, and for what? So we can dabble yet again in a good dose of virtue signalling and cardigan-wearing ideology. It is a dangerous and slippery slope. That's interesting. Do you have, is, is that the appropriate attire, a cardigan, if you are going to virtual signal? You need to be wearing a cardigan at the time? Possibly a pocket protector? Possibly a clipboard? A bit like, you know, high-vis and a hard hat on a building site. Um, speaking of building sites, the uh, the dam is going ahead. Mike, uh, very happy. We all flood to places like Flick to get a good deal. We don't ask how the system works. We don't bother to understand how we capture water or produce power or whether the way we do business is sustainable or sensible or productive. We just sign up because we want something cheaper. Then the lakes are low, demand is up, the gas pipe breaks and the spot price is through the roof and we're all ropeable and bailing out of flick as fast as we can. We fret over people bottling water based on the concept that it's a precious resource and we're going to run out where nothing could be further from the truth. We live in a country that grows food for the world. That's how we make our living, but we don't want to have the water that feeds the stock and the crops. The Waimea Dam will provide water for the region for 100 years. It is one of your more productive parts of the country, of course. The Waimea Dam is the answer to a problem, and yet look at the ensuing scrap we've witnessed. The dam was going to crack, they said. Crack and break and flood everyone in a biblical sort of way and sweep Nelson off the map. And that's the sort of crap that gets peddled in just about every major decision we look to make. Logic and common sense goes out the window. Madness ensues. The reality is we need the basics of life 
Water and power would be a couple of good examples. And there are well-known logical ways of providing them. Dams play a good role in both. No, not everyone likes a dam, but we like water and power more. Not all of the country can be pristine. Not every fern, not every snail can be saved and left to prosper undisturbed. The bit I did have some sympathy with on the dam, by the way, was the cost. Yes, the cost blew out, but every project blows out. Councils and government departments seem unable to pitch and deal with tenders and stick with contracts. But It doesn't take away the simple truth that there was no genuine useful alternative to what they eventually got across the line. So, here's to progress, here's to the right decision being made. Yeah, um, it is encouraging that some things can happen sometimes, and that we're not just stuck not ever doing anything ever again. Um, Even if we make Santa turn up in a Hawaiian shirt and not a white beard and no hat and did he even have a sack? So can we just, just, just draw a line in the sand here not unlike the US and China over trade let's not cock up Christmas anymore shall we? So bad start uh, Neville got sacked in Auckland and then he got reinstated because Neville if you missed the story originally he was suggesting that he wouldn't hire a woman as Santa and the reason he was suggesting that is because quite obviously uh, Santa's not a woman same way Wonder Woman's not a man. Superman's not a man, not a woman, and so it goes. All your gender-fluid nonsense at this time of year. Let's just just, just park that to one side. Santa's a bloke. And in Nelson, uh, put a hat on, put a beard on, show some respect. at Santa. So having had a bad start to the year, let's not have any more stories between now and the 25th of December where people try and be a bit cool, bit modern, bit PC, bit trendy, but cardigan-wearing, but hand-wringing and try and interpret things their way because it doesn't work. It's stupid. How do you feel about the black boots situation? Does it have to be black boots? you got to wear black can, boots. In it's, New Zealand, can it not be jandals? It cannot be jandals. Don't mess Just with checking. it. Don't but mess with could he turn up barefoot in a shopping mall? Am I mixing up my controversial stories? My talkback topics, maybe. I and Glenn ZB, permanently mixed up. Uh, that was the rewrap for Monday. I'll be mixing up some other stuff for you tomorrow. See you then.